Hey, it's Cecilia Lay. I wanted to give you a quick heads up that Fifth Emission is going to sound a little different this week. The team is off on Tuesday for the 4th of July holiday, so there won't be an episode in your podcast feed tomorrow. And then for the rest of the week, we're replaying some of our favorite recent Fifth Emission episodes. You can expect fresh new episodes starting next Monday. Today, we're observing another holiday happening tomorrow. No, not Independence Day, but the birthday of a very special San Francisco icon. Sutro Tower is turning 50. The controversial TV tower has developed into one of San Francisco's most beloved landmarks, and we're observing this special day by sharing an episode from our friends at Total SF, the Chronicles culture podcast hosted by Peter Hartlob and Heather Knight. They'll take you through the history of Sutro Tower and what has made the structure so controversial and special. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to Total SF, and happy birthday to our good, good friend on the hill, Sutro Tower of San Francisco. How are you celebrating? I'm celebrating by the fact that the tower is younger than you and older than me. Oh, that is brutal. You've been working (laughs) on, you've been sitting on that. I can tell by your delivery that you've been sitting on that and um, starting a fight early (laughs) as we do on Total SF. What do you get a tower that has everything? Like I'm thinking (laughs) gift giving. What kind of gift should we get for Sutro Tower from Total SF? Well, I wish the city would give it a new paint job. There was a discussion a couple of years ago that it needs new paint, and should it be repainted red and white? Should it be um, gray? Obviously, that's the worst outcome. Or should it be a rainbow? I'm for red and white or rainbow. Definitely not gray. I like the red and white. I think it's a nice contrast to Golden Gate Bridge. I'm not against the rainbow, but we have a lot of rainbow stuff. I'm currently fighting to get the other side of the Robin Williams Tunnel added with a rainbow. It'd be a great pride move, but I think unless they can like switch it back and forth, I think red and white is good. Yeah, I'm good with that. I like, too, as a gift, like I'd love to get Sutro Tower a nice scarf. <laughs> it have to be a really big one. It does have a neck. Yeah. Is Nordstrom still open or is it closed yet? I don't know. If well, they have this a isn't scarf. running immediately. So as of this moment, it's open. Okay. Well, I thought a scarf would be really nice. I think a gray one would be really good to match the fog or a total SF scarf yeah. if marketing's willing to create. That would be the biggest scarf ever. We could break the Guinness Book of World Records for scarf size. Yeah. Happy birthday, Sutra Tower. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like two football field worth of scarf would be awesome on Sutro Tower. Well, this is our, this is kind of spontaneous. Uh, we came up with this one at the last minute, but we wanted to talk about Sutro Tower because we have been up to the top. I have some history on Sutro Tower. So Sutro Tower is 50 years old on July 4th. I think every time Golden Gate Bridge gets one year older, we have parades and shut down the bridge and everybody gets on it. Sutro Tower, I'm really worried, is going to get forgotten. That's why we're here. We're letting everybody know it's turning half a century. Love it or hate it, Sutro Tower is hitting a milestone. We're obviously in the love it camp here on Total SF. Well, this is kind of spontaneous. You just told me about this 50th birthday, but we're going to do it up. We're going to talk about our trip to the top of Sutro Tower. I have some Sutro Tower history, and we will celebrate this incredible landmark and icon I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, who is also younger than the Transamerica Pyramid 
and I think the Bank of America building. <laughs> and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. So let's start with our feelings about Sutro Tower on its 50th birthday. Be honest, what were your first impressions? Did you always love it? I didn't know much about it as a kid. Um, Didn't really think of it one way or the other. I really didn't form any opinions about it until our Total SF shenanigans started and we started making friends with a lot of people. It seems like the same crowd that loves Muni and BART and public transit and car-free streets has a soft spot for Sutro Tower, so their love of it kind of wore off on me. We also started meeting people who have Sutro Tower tattoos. Shout out Gordon Harvey, who pretends to be Herb Kane, the legendary Chronicle columnist on Twitter. He lives in Alabama. He's never lived in San Francisco, but he just loves the city, and he has a Sutro Tower tattoo on his forearm. If you're listening, Gordon, awesome tattoo. I wrote a story about Sutro Tower tattoos probably probably a decade or more ago and just threw it out on Twitter back when Twitter was cool. And That was, was just, a long, long time ago. It was ago. a long, long time ago. But I was like, does anybody have any Sutro Tower tattoos? And I think I, I got so many people in contact with me, I could not interview them all. Um, wow. I think there are more... Sutro Tower tattoos out there than San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge tattoos. And I think there's like a real split. You talk to the Quentin cops who have lived here all their lives and are a little bit older. A lot of them don't like Sutro Tower because they remember what it was like before Mm -hmm. and they see it as a blight. I think newcomers see it as a beacon. Mm -hmm. Um, You come in on the plane, it's really the most visible landmark. You can see it almost anywhere in San Francisco, unlike the Golden Gate Bridge that you can only see in some neighborhoods. And I think it's like a positioning. Like if you're new here and you're exploring, that's the that's the way you figure out where you are in the city. So it seems like the newcomers really love it. And a few of the people who are even older than us don't. Even older than us, <laughs> Peter. I wouldn't count Quentin Cop in the even older than us category. But yeah, I love when I fly into SFO. It's always the thing I'm looking for if I'm positioned right to see the city skyline below. Um, I flew from Seattle a few weeks ago and had the most amazing window seat overlooking the swoop we did around the city and spotted Sutro Tower. Got some really cool photos that I put on Twitter. I also love um, seeing the fog um, swoop past the tower and when you um, can just see the three little what would you call those things? Prongs. Prongs. When you yeah. can see the three prongs shooting up above Carl the Fog, but nothing else. That's such a San Francisco sighting. I've been taking a lot of pictures of that as well. Um, I also want to shout out Jerry Diaz, our new meteorologist, who's awesome, totally gets the total SF vibes. And I love that his weather stories are now delineated by west of Sutro Tower, east of Sutro Tower. <laughs> that is excellent. Um, I live in Alameda and I see it from a distance. I remember like the first few months of the pandemic, whenever I was done with work, I would bike over to the edge of Alameda that's closest to San Francisco and look at Sutro Tower. And it was so tiny in the distance. Yet when you get up close to it, it looks like something from a science fiction film. And I remember as a, as a small child, um, not long after it was built, I'd go visit my Aunt Lucci, who lived right at the base. I mean, she was blocks away from the base of the tower, and it looked 
monstrous in a really cool way. It looked kind of a little bit more alive. And that's something I love about the tower is, you know, it looks one way from the botanical garden. It looks another way from across the bay. It's like the tower almost like changes positions like it's a living thing. Yeah. Um, I've noticed, uh, we've talked to John King, our architecture critic about this, how Salesforce Tower pops up in places you don't expect to see it. You can see it from the um, the upper deck at Oracle Park, for example. But I love that Sutro Tower is the same way, popping up in strange places, and you can kind of orient yourself to it. It's um, right smack dab in the center of the city and viewable for, from so many cool places. Well, we have both been up to the top of Sutro Tower, and um, I was much more traumatized <laughs> by it than you are. It Shocking. Kind of, it kind of started our whole running joke or whatever it is that I'm afraid of heights. But it's you, not a joke it's, because it's, it's true. It's not a joke. Uh, but that you kind of dive headlong into any uh, total SF thing that involves being on a catwalk <laughs> 14 stories above an opera house, and I'm fearful of it. I have to say that is one of the most amazing and scary things I have done in my life. Certainly, I think that's just the coolest thing you can do in San Francisco if you can handle it. Describe it to me. I mean, what is it like to go on on the top of Sutro Tower? So um, a couple months before the pandemic, back when things were somewhat normal, as normal as they get here in our lovely city, um, one of those prongs had gone missing. Um, They were just fixing it. But a lot of people were commenting that the tower looked weird. So I was like, hmm, I want to figure out what's going on. And this will be a good excuse to go to the top of Sutro Tower because I love heights, unlike you. Like, I'd rather be high up with a great view than ground level. So um, I kept trying to arrange it with Dave Hyams, formerly a Chronicle editor who then became the spokesperson for the tower. And he was very welcoming and cool about it. But we kept running into damn Carl the Fog, because there's no point in going up there if you're just going to see white everywhere you look. So eventually we got a sunny day, and we were able to do it, and I went in the world's tiniest elevator that would just fit me and Dave, and it um, goes up one leg, and you know, right at the neck where your giant scarf's going to be wrapped, the (laughs) elevator curves, Um, and that was like stomach lurching. I definitely did not like that elevator. It also takes eight minutes to get up. And, so and it's let's very describe long. this elevator. I mean, it has like a sliding gate, like mm-hmm. in an old timey movie elevator. So you are exposed. You are yeah. looking right out. And then on the way up, before it makes that curve, it's kind of angled, like it's a slight angle, but it's angled so that you're sort of facing down. Yeah. And I think that was as terrifying if not more terrifying and it's a super super old elevator i mean i'm sure they're doing checks and stuff and i'm sure it's safe you're kind of thinking like it's going to be a miracle it doesn't feel safe it feels like you're at like a theme park that creates some rickety thing to make you think that you're gonna be harmed or fall out yeah Right. So you finally get to the top. And I tease Dave because um, he gave us these hard hats. I'm like, if I fall from, what is it, 800 feet up, this hard hat is not going to do anything. You're not roped in at all. Like, it's just you, your hard hat, and Dave up on that triangular horizontal catwalk that you can see um, from anywhere in the city. And just walking along it. And I was like, I'm not usually scared of heights, but that was scary. And I was like, am I going to make it around the whole triangle? But I did, and I got really awesome photos. So I noticed a few especially frightening things for me. Um, first of all, 
I walked out. You walked around the catwalk like, oh, this is all right. Like you're just doing. And these a lap. were separate trips. You went like a long time after me. Yeah, I did. I went a long time after you, and I walked out and got about twenty feet down, and said to Dave, "I'm good. If you want to turn around, <laughs> I mean, like I'll keep going." And he's like, "No, we're gonna go all the way around." But the extra frightening things are the the sides. Like, it's just, I think, like, kind of like wires. I mean, it's not like there's this. There's not a wall or anything. There's not a wall. So if I were to pass out from mortal fear <laughs> and just kind of roll, I'd probably <laughs> fall off the side. Number one scary thing. Number two scary Sutra Tower thing. You are way up there. I mean, so high up. And you look down, and it's grating. So you're looking straight down. I mean, it's it's not quite big enough that if you dropped your phone, it would fall through. But... It's big enough that you're looking straight down and you can see everything below you. Yeah. So that's super And the humans on the ground look like ants. Yes. And then the third thing is you're walking around that catwalk and it's like a triangle, as you mentioned. But there's also areas where you can almost like walk like a plank. Mm-hmm. You're walking straight out and then it just ends. Each corner of the triangle has like an extra little scary Scary segment. like pirate's plank yeah except it's a thousand feet high (laughs) and dave took me down that and i just that's where i almost completely lost it it was absolutely one of the most frightening things i've done yeah i don't think anything else we've done has been scary transamerica pyramid very not scary opera house chandelier very not scary narrator it was scary This, I will admit, was really scary. Okay, well, if you're admitting it's scary, then I'm. That's affirmation that um, I uh, my incredible fear for this was uh, not misplaced, um, but still, like, fantastic. Um, I want to talk a little history, and the number one historical fact that I love is I did find proof in the Chronicle archives that at one point. It was maybe not seriously considered, but there was talk of putting a restaurant up top. What do you think of this idea, and what kind of food would you want served at the top Ooh. of Sutro Tower? Well, I assume they'd actually have to build, like, walls and stuff, so it wouldn't be as scary. It'd kind of be like the Space Needle, do you think? Was that I, the idea? I think so. Um, I think there was more of an idea of having a structure up there and having it be, yeah, more like a Las Vegas type thing or the Space Needle. Okay. I think that would have been awesome. I would totally go there. I would go for any kind of food. Obviously, you need to have cocktails if you're that high up. Yeah, I think like a top of the mark type of mm-hmm. menu would be good. Overpriced drinks, fine. I'll pay. $17 for a Mai Tai yeah. on top of Sutro Tower. They definitely need a proper elevator. Yeah. And for me, I don't think I'm going to be able to eat. So I'd want like some light snacks. I wouldn't want like soup where I'm, <laughs> you know, spilling it and my hands shaking. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've thought I would about eat a burger a up there. Oh, a burger. A burger at the top of Sutro Tower. That'd be really good. Maybe Dave would let us bring a burger up there. Beeps burger. That would be incredible. Let's bring a Beeps burger to the top of Sutro Tower. That would be... I would not. I would not be able to eat it. <laughs> I'll eat yours. How sad would it be if you dropped a Beeps burger <laughs> off of Sutro Tower? You'd probably kill someone. We'll be right back after this short break. Um, little Sutro Tower history. It was the very first time Sutro Tower appeared in the Chronicle was in the 1940s, although KGO had a tower there. It was like a little, 
you know, a couple hundred feet tall, and it was affixed by wires, more like the type of, like, cell phone tower you'll see out in the middle of nowhere in Stockton or whatever. It was not anything like Sutro Tower. And then early 1960s, there's a huge fight. We need a TV tower. What we have isn't working. People aren't getting these signals. TV is becoming more and more popular. So there were basically two locations. There was San Bruno Mountain, and that's where the Chronicle and KRON wanted it to be. And I think they already had a little tower there. And then there was Sutro Tower that most of the stations wanted. It was going to be this big $8 million, huge thing that would solve the Bay Area's TV transmission problems. Because there were all these cities that weren't getting it. And they're like, if we build something up here, everybody's going to be able to get a signal. Initially, 900, right now it's like 900 and some odd feet. They were talking about a 1,200 foot tower. So imagine Sutro Tower plus 300 more feet. That always happens. Like they were envisioning the Transamerica Pyramid being several hundred feet taller. Yeah. There's always compromise in these San Francisco fights. Yeah, Transamerica Pyramid, I love the idea of the 1,000 foot Transamerica Pyramid because then it would be the same height as. Uh, as Salesforce Tower, mm-hmm. except it would be like triangular and totally cool. I think that would have been a good counterpoint. We missed on that one. Um, the number one opponent to Sutro Tower, and there were a lot of little ones, but the biggest voice, not Quentin Cop, not uh, anybody in City Hall, it was the San Francisco Chronicle. <gasps> I'm going to read, and I got to say, like, it read a little bit propaganda-ish, a lot of our articles in the early 1960s. Um, this is a 1961 article, Opposition to Mount Sutro Tower. The Chronicle Publishing Company will never try to persuade the city zoning officials to permit construction of a 980-foot television tower atop Mount Sutro, General Manager Harold P.C. of KRON-TV declared yesterday, quote, The Chronicle has deep roots in San Francisco, and this is a matter of community aesthetics. The proposed tower does not belong in that area. C testified at a special federal aviation agency hearing here. C said the only site in the San Francisco Bay Area suitable for the tall tower antennas needed to improve local television reception is Mount St. Bruno in the unsettled area south of the city. A lot of articles like this, a um, lot of unpopularity. The Chronicle did not want that. The problem was that Mount San Bruno, they had old missile batteries there, so there was a little bit of an issue there. But bigger than that, they also thought it was going to be play havoc with the airlines. It was a little bit too close to the airport. So that didn't happen. Um, it gets built. They start building... Chronicle kind of drops its opposition. I think there's sort of some behind the scenes. I want to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Which is the worst Chronicle move? Fighting Sutro Tower or fighting to kill cable cars? Oh, my God. Um, The worst Chronicle move is the article that we wrote when we discovered the burrito in the Mission District (laughs) and said that it was named burritos because it was shaped like a burrow. That was the worst Chronicle thing I've ever read. I think cable cars are second, and Sutro Tower is a distant third. Okay. What, what do you think between cable cars and Sutro Tower? I agree with you. Trying to kill cable cars is worse than trying to prevent Sutro Tower from being born in the first place, because the, the cable cars were already here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and think right now. If they suddenly said, hey, Heather, 
we're going to build a giant structure in Glen Park for cell phone reception. Yeah. What would you, what would your reaction be? I wouldn't be? be happy about it. You would be very unhappy about it. I would be hearing a lot about the <laughs> cell phone tower, but maybe in 50 years, like there's a lot of young people who love the cell phone tower. So I think it's that kind of situation. Yeah. Well, they start building it, and then the protests actually increased after they started building it. Even up till 1968, when this thing is like half built, there are people saying, no, tear it down. Uh, a bunch of USF law students filed a lawsuit. Noah Griffin was one of them. He said, the tower is a big shrine to the mass media, and it's going to be a real eyesore, and it has to come down. Um, Upon its completion, our architecture critic, Alan Temko, hated it, not as much as he hated Pier 39. Is there anything he liked? No. No. <laughs> he hated the Nordstrom Westfield Mall. He hated the Nordstrom Westfield Mall, and um, the one thing that I love is that he saved the Alameda Theater that I go to all the time mm -hmm. now. They were going to turn it into a Chuck E. Cheese's Pizza oh, Time God. Theater. They were going to gut it. I guess the landmark restrictions were different back then. This is a Timothy Pfluger Theater, the same designer as the Castro. They were going to turn it into a Chuck E. Cheese, and he wrote this scathing editorial, and I think that's one of the big reasons they didn't do it. So thank you, Alan Temko, for that. But not for what you said about the Sutro Tower, which he called an authentic dog and an absolute horror. So it's been up 50 years. If you had to rank, where are your favorite angles of the Sutro Tower? Where do you like to see it the most? I like to be in the mission in the sun and see Carl the Fog roll over Sutro, Mount Sutro and Twin Peaks past um, Sutro Tower. And you're warm, and the sun's on you, but you get to see the fog rolling past it. That's my favorite view. Second favorite? Oh, my goodness. Do you, there, there's a great view from um, the Great Highway when it's closed to cars, and you can walk on it, and you look down Noriega um, to the east, and Sutro Tower's at the end. That's a great view. Yeah. I like the airplane view when I pull in to SFO, I don't pull in, I'm not flying the plane. <laughs> but I love getting that left-hand um, window seat. Yes. And um, if my friend has the window seat, I'm like gonna crane over a little bit. We do this a lot during spring training. And then I look for two things. I look for Sutro Tower. I don't even remember ever even checking for the Golden Gate Bridge. I look for Sutro Tower and the Pacifica Taco Bell. <laughs> and if I see both, then I'm like, I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never seen this in that left um, seat, but I love when people post photos of a whole blanket of fog and just the prongs sticking up, and that's all you can see from the plane. That's nice, very beautiful. Um, I also just like being surprised by it. I remember when we did our uh, Total SF interview with Amos Goldbaum, mm -hmm. and he was painting a Sutro Tower and other things on the Slow Sanchez Street just walking up to the top of that just to like answer my phone or something and then looking to the left and boom it's there yeah. there's so many moments like that in san francisco that i adore when sutro tower surprises you like a little jack in the box sutro tower i also love being up on twin peaks for a walk or a bike ride at sunset and then seeing the rays of light come through the tower that's also magical 
And the view on July 4th is going to be even more amazing. Is that right, Heather? I think you broke some news on this. I did. I wrote about Illuminate, the nonprofit that brings light shows and other whimsical art to San Francisco. They're still working to raise money for a new Bay Lights on the Bay Bridge. But in the meantime, they've created the Summer of Awe, which will have light shows around the city on various weekends on Sutro Tower's 50th birthday, July 4th. Um, the plan as we speak, this could change, but as of now, um, to put a bunch of, let me see if I can explain this. It's kind of science-y, so I could get it wrong. Um, laser space cannons at the bottom, underneath the middle of Sutro Tower on the ground, will be directed, like picture you have 12 uncooked spaghetti noodles in a jar, and they're gonna like fan out. Uh-huh. So that's how these laser space cannons will be positioned, and the lights will shoot up through the top of Sutro Tower in this like array of light. As of now, the idea is red, white, and blue, since it'll be on July 4th. Um, so assuming this all goes to plan, that should be an amazing sight. I don't understand everything that just came out of your <laughs> mouth. But what I understood sounds awesome. Yeah. Just like we should Just do more stuff. Just look at Sutro stuff. Tower. Yeah. Look at Sutro Tower and it'll be awesome. Um, illuminate the Arts also involved with the Bay Bridge and that really cool um, uh, light show on JFK Promenade. I yes. think something down Market Street once. Like a real good history of cool things in San Francisco yes. we should just trust. This could air after the Market Street. I'm not sure. We're recording this in advance because we're so excited about Sutro Tower's birthday. Yeah. But on Pride Weekend, which may or may not have happened already, <laughs> um, Illuminate is going to have 12 of these laser space cannons shoot straight down Market from the Ferry Building in a double rainbow pattern ending at Twin Peaks. So that is another part of the Summer of Awe. They're also involved with the Golden Mile along car-free JFK Drive. Um, all those yellow Adirondack chairs and murals and pianos and the light shows on the Conservatory of Flowers and the band shell and all the concerts happening throughout the summer at the band shell. All of that is related to Illuminate. So think joy, think fun, think awe. Think that's laser space cannons. <laughs> that's what they're trying to do this summer. That doesn't sound very safe, by the way. I'm assuming <laughs> these laser space like, cannons have been tested. Is this really what it's called? But he said yes. Very cool. Oh, also, fun fact. One of these same um, laser space cannons is the beam that shot up from the Sacramento Kings Arena. The light, the beam. That oh. was the same company. Okay, all right. Well, Sacramento's still nobody on the map. Nobody, nobody died. <laughs> they lost, but nobody died. Um, all right, well, I have a statement, and then I have a question for you as we wrap. Um, my statement, um, I heard, and from Dave Hyams, and I heard this from Jim Gabbard, too, the TV20 uh, entrepreneur, that Sutra Tower, actually, the the center of gravity is below ground. Mm -hmm. Like, this thing is going to outlive all of us, even you, young Heather. <laughs> so... Um, I love that fact, just that like this thing's going to be around long after a lot of other things in San Francisco are gone. Yeah. Um, so that's a real positive. And then I have a question. Do you think it'll outlive Quentin Cop? No. No. <laughs> Quentin Cop and the Sutro Tower will live forever, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. We make fun of Quentin Cop, but he's, uh, you know, someone who cares about the city and is put a lot of his time and, and effort into it. And has very neat handwriting, as we see from the frequent letters he sends us. 
Um, so uh, I hope Quentin Cop and Sutro Tower just they can turn the lights off when <laughs> San Francisco's done. Um, and then finally, a question: Would you get a tattoo? I saw a little light in your eyes when you were discussing this earlier, and. Would it make it easier for you to get a tattoo if I got one too and it was Sutro Tower? Hmm. I'm not committing still. I know you've asked me this for years. I have no tattoos. But if I do get one, Sutro Tower is at the top of my list. Okay. Well, I will ask you at the 75th anniversary. <laughs> maybe as we get older, we'll care less about these things. Uh, happy birthday, Sutro Tower. And... Uh, many, many more years bringing joy and controversy to our fair city. That's what we thrive on in San Francisco, joy and controversy. So thank you, Sutro Tower. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. <laughs> Loved it. I miss that so much.